0: Log Talk Radio. from the great state of Texas. I'm your host this evening. I'm Pastor Brian Fouts with Hazak Ministries. So good evening, everyone. So tonight on Reaching Out Radio, we're going to be sharing some things about taking steps of faith that will really influence your life. And we pray that these tips will give you encouragement with meeting your challenges in life and your purpose in your journey. And remember this, that regardless of your age or your position or your station in life, I want you to know that God has a plan and he has a purpose for you. And if you'd like to have some of your friends listen in this evening, text them and please have them call in and dial 626-696-8607. Again, to listen in this evening, you can text them and that number again to Call in and listen to this show tonight is 626-696-8607. So greetings from the scenic Columbus, Texas, where the town is located on the beautiful Colorado River. And if you didn't know, Columbus is the oldest surveyed and plotted Anglo-American town in Texas. And it is here on this site that the legendary Indian village of Montezuma is located. That's pretty cool, and historians say that members of Stephen F. Austin's Old 300 group began arriving in the area way back in 1821, and so with that, good evening Sister and Evangelist Montel Fields, and I'm Brian Fouts. So this evening, I am honored and excited to be back here on Reaching Out Radio, where we are reaching out to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And for those of you in the listening area, we are with Hazak Ministries. That's H-A-Z-A-K, Hazak Ministries. And you see, our ministry was started with the vision to bring a message of hope, healing, and encouragement to those who are hurting, lost, or are hopeless. Now, for those of you who did not know, that word Hazak is a Hebrew word, and it means to make, it means to be strong, it means to strengthen, and it means to sustain, to support, and it means to encourage. So we hope that you, our listeners, will be encouraged this evening with our message that we're going to share with you tonight. So if you've missed our previous radio programs, you can always go to Reaching Out Radio at Blog Talk Radio. All you have to do is just type in Brian and Leah Fouts, and there you can find all of our previous radio shows and listen to them free on demand. Again, that's www.blogtalkradio.com. So before we start, I would like to open up the program with a word of prayer. So Father, we pray for the protection for Montel Fields and for her family and for Reaching Out Radio. And we pray against any technical difficulties that might arise, and we also pray against and speak against any demonic powers that might be in the airwaves. And we'd like to pray for those who are in the listening audience, and we pray for open hearts and changed lives this evening, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. So as my beautiful bride Leah used to say when she was alive, Brian, what are we sharing tonight with our listeners? Well, you know, I had a couple of people had asked me about learning to take steps of faith just recently, so tonight we're going to share a little bit of our study on steps of faith, and my prayer is that you will be blessed about learning the basics and taking your very own steps of faith. You know, we've had some really great ideas to help you to begin taking steps of faith in your daily walk, and we just want you to know that these are the same steps of faith that we learned and we began applying them to our life as we went on our journey. And we hope that, we want you to know that it is nothing magical, it's nothing new, but these are the steps that we were prompted by the Holy Spirit to take in our very own life. And we hope that you'll be blessed by these very simple truths this evening. So everyone, grab your Bibles, or if you've got your computer or maybe if you're on an iPad or your phone just i want you to turn to the favorite bible program on our website or link and then go to the book of Ephesians that's chapter 6 verse 18 again that's Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 and i'd like to remind everyone out in the listening audience that Uh, Most of the time, I'll be using the New American Standard Bible Version, unless we've found a different translation to use uh, in the process, and remember, we look forward to hearing from you. So, first in our steps of faith, let's talk about the basics, part one, as they say, so as we begin, I think it's really important that we understand what that word step or steps actually means and what that word faith actually means. I know it sounds really kind of corny and kind of interesting, but you've got to start somewhere. So here are some really interesting items that define this word step. It actually can mean the single complete movement of raising one foot and putting it down in another spot, such as walking. Well, duh. It also means it's a fixed rhythm or pace and it is also a course or a path in which you take. And this last one was pretty neat that I found. It can mean a series of actions or processes or measures taken to achieve a goal. Isn't that pretty cool? And that word steps in Hebrew is the word ashur. Ashur means it means something, but it actually means to step or it means to get going. And I'd like to have... For you to read this passage from Psalm 17:5, It reads, my steps have held fast to your path. My feet have not slipped. Isn't that neat? Just by keeping our steps held fast to the Lord's path. And when we do that, our feet will not slip and we will not fall. Isn't that cool? So let's talk about that word faith. Faith means a strong or unshakable belief in something, without proof or without evidence. It also means a specific system of religious beliefs. It also means that in Christianity, it means to trust in God and in his actions and in his promises. It also means a conviction of the truth of certain doctrines of religion, especially when this is not based on on reason. It also means a complete confidence or trust in a person. It means any set of firmly held principles or beliefs, and it also means an allegiance or a loyalty as to a person or as to a call. Isn't that neat? I really like that first one, a strong or unshakable belief in something without proof or evidence. So let's read what it says about faith, and I'm reading this from Hebrews 11.1, and this one's actually going to be from the King James Version. And it reads, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. This means that if I have hope in the Lord and I wait on his perfect will, then he will answer my prayers. Maybe not like I would like for them to be answered, but how His will shows me His answers. Now, this does not mean that I cannot tell the Lord what I would like to have happen. It just simply means that I must and will be accepting His answers to whatever I am going through and that I am praying about. And I believe that God is in control at all times and that His will is what is the best for me. Not for me, what I think, but it's what is best for me from his side. So it boils down to this. Do I really trust him? If so, then I must trust him, and I must allow him to do his will in my life, no matter what. So isn't that just great? And I hope that that was encouraging to you out in the listening audience tonight. Now I'd like for us to read that very same passage, but I want to read this from the Amplified Bible because it really defines this on an even deeper scale. Or as someone once said, this will really make you think. So in the Amplified Bible it starts with saying that this verse is the triumphs of faith. And it reads like this, now faith is the assurance The title deed or confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and that the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as fact and what cannot be experienced by the physical sense. So, as you can see from this passage, that this faith that we're talking about right now is the title deed. And is the title and the deed that confirms those things that we hope for. And here's the very neat part about this, that they are divinely guaranteed. And those things which we cannot see are conviction or what we can't see in reality with our very own eyes that we can't smell, touch, or taste, or feel. Now that word faith in Hebrew is the word emeth, and this means firmness it means faithfulness, it means truth, it means sureness, and it also means reality. It also means stability, continuance, reliableness, or just to reply upon and the truth. And also of truth spoken as of testimony and of judgment and or of divine instruction. And this last part, true doctrine, And here's a great scripture verse about God's promise for us. And this is from Psalms 146, verses 5 through 6. How blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord of God, his God, and who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. Man, that is just powerful. And so... Our sense of our verse of Hebrews 11 was quoted, and it's important to take a look at what that word in Greek is, since this was the language that was used during the times of the New Testament writings. So now that word faith in the Greek is called pestis, pronounced pestis. And there are some really great explanations for this word that I found. So the first part of this is that it reads, It's the conviction of the truth of anything, belief, in the New Testament of a conviction or a belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, and generally with the included idea of trust and holy fervor born of faith and joined with it. Now, faith in relating to God is this, it's the conviction that God exists. And it is the creator and the ruler of all things. The the provider and the bestower of eternal salvation, all done through Christ Jesus. Isn't that powerful? And in relating to Christ, this is a strong and welcome conviction or a belief that Jesus is the Messiah. And through whom we obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom of God. And for the religious beliefs of Christians, it is the belief with the predominant idea of trust or confidence, whether in God or in Christ, springing from faith in the same. And it also means that the fidelity and the faithfulness, it is the character of one who can be relied upon. And with that, this will lead us to our verse for today. I mentioned to you earlier that our First verse for today is found in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. So again, I just want to remind you to please turn to Ephesians in your Bible or to your iPad or your iPhone and we're going to get started. And now I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion and stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So then, number one on our list of the basics for steps of faith, then, is we should learn to be in prayer. We have to learn to be in prayer. So what does that really mean? Think about that. What does that really mean, to be in prayer? Well, first off, we have to know what prayer means. I can guess, but it's actually good to look up these words. So you can learn a lot about a word or by how it's defined. Okay, you say, so what did we find on this word about prayer? Well, here's what I found out. They say that the word prayer means a reverent petition made to God. It also is the act of making a reverent petition to God or a belief in the power of prayer. And it is an act of communion with God. Isn't that neat? And this can be used during a time of worship or used in a time of devotion or confession or for praise or for thanksgiving. And it's a time that you can spend taking time out just talking with God or it's just a time of prayer with your family or with others. I do a lot of praying a lot of times and I just find myself either just walking through the house and praying or I have a pond that I drive out to where... Uh, We scattered Leah's ashes, and I pray on the way out, and then once I'm out there, I pray as I walk around by the pond and the the green grass and the trees. And so these prayers can actually be at any time. There's no set time for those prayers. And remember, it's a fervent request. It's a petition, and it's a pleading before the Lord. Now, that word prayer in Hebrew is the word palal, and it means to intervene. It means to interpose, to pray, to intercede and to pray. And there is a great passage in Scripture about praying and calling upon the Lord for help. And this is from Jeremiah 29, 12. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. It reads, Then you will call on me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear your voice, and I will listen to you. I just love that passage. Then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. So when we call upon the Lord he actually will hear our voice and he will listen. Now how cool is that? And I think that's pretty cool. So here again we're talking about the steps of faith and the basics. And so Number one is to be in prayer. So here's a question for you. So why do you think that prayer is so important? We well, see prayer is about communicating directly with God. He has granted us complete access to Him through our prayers. And when we have a relationship with the Lord, we can pray to Him about anything and be assured that He will answer in His time. And the Bible tells us that God inhabits the praise of His people. So if we're praising Him and praying to Him, then we have a relationship with Him. Since God is invisible to us, we must do our best to remain in constant contact with Him through our prayers. And I love the way that that part says communicating directly with Him. This is really so true. I'd asked myself one time if there was a specific answer to prayer that I could share with the listening audience. I had several of them, but I felt really just prompted to just share this one word with you today. When our daughter Victoria had been murdered, I was lost in my grief. And I prayed out to the Lord that he would give me some kind of peace, that peace of understanding and peace about this horrible tragedy that had just taken place. And in a very short time, my heart felt his presence. I felt his peace. And it was powerful to be so full of him during that particular time. I remember when my wife Leah and I were praying outside in the backyard of our house. It was the Thursday evening after we got the news that morning from the police officers that Victoria had been murdered down in Beasley, Texas. And it was at that moment that it was just Leah and me and the Lord. And we asked for His peace. We asked for His grace and love during this time. And it was amazing that he answered our prayer within 48 hours. And I love the promise that we learned from Philippians 4:7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now that was really awesome how he responded. And for those of you out in the listening audience, if you have found yourself in dire straits and you're depressed, and maybe you're hurting and you need that pain to just go away, here is a great verse of his promise, especially in your time of need. Read this out loud to yourself several times, and the peace of God will come over you. Yes, it will. And this is from Psalms 18.6, and this is from the Amplified Bible. In my distress when I seem surrounded I called upon the Lord, and I cried to my God for help. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry for help came before him and into his very ears." Isn't that powerful? Now there can be some of you out there asking yourselves, so what can praying do for me, for my spouse, for me, or for my family, or for some other relatives? Well, here's a great verse to look up and to read from your Bible. And this is from Jeremiah 33.3. And again, I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. It reads, Call to me and I will answer you, and tell you, and even show you, great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. Wow. Even in our times of trouble and pain, the Lord Jesus can answer your questions. He can answer your questions to help you understand what is best, what is before you, and to reveal to you those things which are hidden or those things which are a mystery to you. And in Psalms 50, verses 15, it says, And call upon me in that day of trouble, and I shall rescue you, and you will honor me. Call upon me in that day of trouble, and I shall rescue you, and you will honor me. So here's a special reminder, especially if you have any doubts, and this is from Jeremiah 32:27.
1: Behold,
0: I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me? And you know, I just love that old worship song that has the following lyrics. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thine outstretched hand. And nothing is impossible with thee. Nothing is impossible with thee. And so great and mighty is he, great and mighty is God, and great in power and mighty in deed, and nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing is impossible for thee. You know, we used to play that song on our worship team, and isn't that great? I just love that song. So here's another question that comes up from time to time. Someone says, So how do I pray? Well, I like to just get quiet and spend time with God. But Jesus tells us to do this, and this is from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 6. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father, who is in secret. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So here's another question that also comes up from time to time, especially about praying. But I feel so unsure about myself. I I just don't know if I can do this or not. You know, I'm I'm afraid to ask for for anything for I'm afraid to ask for something. You know, I probably won't even get an answer and then I'll I'll feel worse. To that I say when you pray, you have to have faith so that the Lord will answer your prayer or your prayers. Also, you have to believe. Yes, you have to believe. And James gives us this promise in James 1:6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, he's just blown and tossed by the wind. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. And you know that we have to believe that our prayers will come to pass. And Jesus also gave us an answer for this when we pray. And this is from Mark 11, 24. Therefore, I tell you that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have already received it and it will be yours. Did you hear that? Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have already received it and it will be yours. Man, that's just powerful. Now we want to share with you number two of the basics. This is to help you in your steps of faith. And so number two is you have to be open. Yes, you have to learn to be open. When I pray in the morning, I ask the Lord to help me to be positive, open, willing, and obedient to be used by him. And so we have to learn to be open. So then what does that word open mean or to be open? Well, my old Webster's Dictionary gave me some really great answers. It means to permit passage or to allow passage. It means to be completely free from concealment or from confinement. It also means not to be restricted to a particular group. Remaining available for use or filling until canceled and to remove obstructions from something or to clear all obstructions. Now, that word in Hebrew is the word pasek, and it means to be open or to be opened, and it means to be let loose and to be thrown open, thrown open just like throwing open the door, and it also means to be free or to loosen or to open up oneself, so then you could really say that if we're going to be open to the Lord, we will need to be available for filling. To remove any obstacles from our life and our thoughts, including distractions. I used to tell people sometimes what I do when I'm writing and I'm doing my blogs, I hold my hands up in the air like a funnel, and I just ask the Lord to fill me. Fill me up. Fill up that funnel. Fill me up with his word. And that helps you to stay on task. It also means to be free from those things that would keep us from the Lord. That means basically to not think in the natural with man's eyes, but in the supernatural with the Lord's eyes. And you know, and I just love this verse from Psalms 51:15. And again, I'm reading this in the Amplified. It says, "O oh Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. Wow. Lord, just open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. So then, why do you think that we need to be open to God, or be open to the Holy Spirit? Well, God's not pushy, He is polite and He waits for us to ask Him. He has taught us how to pray to Him and through His Son, Jesus, in the Bible, and when we need something or we need His guidance, we may know that we can pray to Him about anything and at any time. Because of his openness to us, we need to be open to him. You see, folks, it's a two-way street. You know, I once asked my wife, Leah, said, what have you found by being open that has really made a difference in your walk? It was kind of interesting. She replied, she said, the difference is huge I feel God's presence within me and around me all of the time, and I have gotten so used to the feeling. With him around me always, that if he is ever not there, I know it immediately, and I pray for him to return. Wow. So I asked her another thing, I said, so are there any other thoughts that you had? And she said, basically, I am nothing without my Lord. He saved me in many, many ways. He saved my life, and he saved my future, and he gave me a new life and a future in Jesus. And Jesus is more than I could have ever wanted, and he is all that I need. When I think on him, and I, and I am happy to be his all of the time and to be in his presence, he is my rock. He is my life, and I do not ever want to be without his presence, in my life. You know, and I got to thinking about another promise that the Lord gives us, and this is from Psalms, from Proverbs, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, because it speaks about trusting him. And I'm reading this one from the King James. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. And in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And you know, we have to learn to be open. We have to learn to be willing and obedient, to be used by him. And I love how the Lord tells us that he will fill us with his spirit. And this is from Isaiah 44, 3 in the Amplified. It says, For I will pour out water on him who is thirsty, And streams on the dry ground, and I will pour out my spirit on your offering, and on your offspring, and my blessings on your descendants. Wow. That just really makes you think, doesn't it? And you know, for me, I ask for his word and his spirit to lead me when I am ministering to others. And I love this verse. It reminds me of those mornings when I've been awakened to just pray for others. And this is from Isaiah 50, verse 4 from the NIV. The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. That's just powerful. So number three in our... Learning to be led by the Holy Spirit, learning to take steps of faith is, again, we've got to be willing. We have to learn to be willing. We can't be stubborn just want to do it our way. We have to be willing to be led by Him. So what does that word really, willing, mean? Well, it means this. It means to this, be disposed or consenting. It means to be inclined or willing to go along with. It means to cheerfully be consenting or ready and to have a willing work attitude. And it means that we have to be willing to have it done, to be given, and to be used by him. And we have to have a cheerful readiness in that willingness to be used. And I like the fact that we have to be willing in that last part with cheerful readiness. You know, it's almost like with an eagerness to get ready to get something done. It's almost like taking the dog for a walk, you know. You pick up that leash and that dog is wagging his tail and he's at the front door and he's ready to go. He's eager to go. And we've got to be eager to go to be used by God. And I really like that we have to be willing in that last part with cheerful readiness. You know, it's just really something else. And I love the way that the Hebrews share about being willing in all that we do. And this is from Hebrews 13, 18. Pray for us, for we trust or we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. Man, I just love that. And now in the Hebrew language, that word for willing is the word avah. And it literally means to be willing. It means to consent to. It means to yield, to accept, and to have desire. And I just love the way that Isaiah puts this word willing to work. And this is from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19 in the Amplified. It says that if you are willing and obedient... You shall eat the best of the land. Wow. And in Second Peter three nine it reads that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us Lord, but not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Wow. And I love that verse that we had shared earlier because as we walk through our steps of faith, there will always be a time of repentance that we will go through. Seriously, folks, there will be a time of repentance that we will actually go through, especially if we're being open, willing, and obedient to be used by him. So since we're on this step of being willing, I've prepared a couple of other questions. So think about this. What do you think that it really means to be willing? Well, being willing might mean you've got to be available. It means being available to someone who might need you or something, like a job, like a favor, or for an opinion or an idea. And being willing also means to be ready to do whatever it takes. To do whatever it takes. In Matthew 26, 41, it reads this very important statement. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We have to learn to stay strong. So what is the difference between a willing attitude and one that just says, I have to do this? or someone is telling you to do this, what's the difference? Well, attitude is the key. It's all about the attitude. If I'm asked or told to do something, I just don't want to do it. I might pout or I might grumble about it, or I might say something negative about it, which kind of makes the whole idea of having a good attitude a farce. It does. It just takes away from it. And if I'm asked to do something, then I need to be willing to do it as unto the Lord and to do it with a pleasant attitude and or a pleasant heart. You know, our attitude is important in life. And here's a great verse to encourage you as you go about in your daily walk and in your work. This is from Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do and whatever your task may be, work from the soul, that is, put in your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for me. Because it's not about me. It's about Him. I once asked my my wife one time this question. I said, you can, can you share a time in your life where you had to learn to be willing? She kind of smiled and then she said, most of us have had experiences where we were challenged to do something that we probably did not want to do. When I was younger, I had many chances to be willing to help others without any different challenges that they faced. I was almost always willing and happy to help out, but only occasionally. I was asked then to do something for someone that was distasteful, gosh I hated to do it. I did not want to help them out, but I did it anyway with a very poor attitude sometimes and it really showed. I looked at her and I said, so we got a little rebellion here, eh? She she said, no, just a bad, bad attitude, you know? And so that's what we have to be careful with. And I hate that when it happens. So she said, anyway, even when that did my best to please them, I still wanted a relationship with them. She says, I remember times when they would tell me, do something and I wouldn't want to do it but still did it anyway even when it wasn't my chore to do I guess the strongest memory I have was about when I was when my dad had asked me to do something that wasn't my chore for that day and I grudgingly did it for him but I definitely did not enjoy it at all one night my mother had gone out to bridge with several of her friends and she said my dad was home and when it was time for bed he told all of us the three kids to get in bed for the night several minutes later I was in my bed nearly asleep the light came on in my room and my father stormed into the room yanked the covers off me and told me get up and go feed the dog (laughs) it was at this point that I had to learn to be willing to do the thing with a cheerful heart, even if it meant feeding the dog. So, how about you? Are you always asking the same question to yourself? Can you share a time in your life where you had to learn to be willing? I bet you did, and I bet it wasn't about feeding the dog. (laughs) Well, you know, I've had a number of these kind of encounters in my life, but I think one of the most important times of being willing came in 2011. We'd gone to Oklahoma to do the audio recording for our book that we had just come out with. And we had a great time, and it was a good time of growth for both of us. But it was even more so for me, than I think it was for Leah. And so anyway, there we were, and we were up there, we were supposed to go record and be able to relate to the story, and for others that we prayed that this would encourage them in their walk and with them taking their own steps. And so, anyway, our first book, From Misery to Mystery, A Walk of Faith, had just been released from Tate Publishing. And we knew that Tate would be working on an audiobook for this new book, and we had to be talking about it. And so we had to go up there, and we had to read and record for the book. And I remember that it was kind of, we've kind of had this feeling in our spirit that we might be the ones to have to record our voices for the book. So off we went, we contacted Tate Publishing and asked them if we could read for the audiobook, which they did. And so then we went up there to read for the book and we had to use our voices. So anyway, uh, we had a friend of ours, Joey Garza, who said he could help us out, but Tate wouldn't let us use the master recording from here in town, we had to drive to Oklahoma. And I said, okay, great, we'll drive up to Oklahoma. And I was like, I don't wanna do this, but I will do it. And I don't care about the cost because this is what I wanted to do. And as my wife would say, well, you know, you were the type A personality and it really came out. So now most of the time I would have done things right, but there was something different about this one. We were going through some changes in our spiritual life and I was learning to trust him and to obey him and learning to as my wife would say, let go, just let it go, let it go, Brian. And this was really hard for me. So here we are, I'm learning to let it go, I'm learning to be humble, and we're up there reading for the book. And then all of a sudden, we get to this unusual spot, and there was something that was in the book that I couldn't believe was still in the book, and all of a sudden, I opened up the door, and I yelled, and I said, Who put this word in the book? And my wife looked at me, and she said, Well, you did. And I said, Well, I don't remember putting that in the book. And it just made everybody in the, in the building just laugh because I didn't realize that everybody was listening for me. So anyway, one of the things that I want to share with you is this. You know, our prayer request was very specific. We asked for hers for his permission to go and to record for the audiobook in Oklahoma and we wanted affirmation and confirmation to go and you know in Philippians 4 6 it tells us to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and by supplication with thanksgiving let your, re- your request be known to God so it was really interesting in the next 10 days we got affirmation and confirmation to go we had prayed for a certain amount of money, and we got more than enough to go. And it was just really interesting how everything kind of came together. And the whole cost of the trip was taken care of. We, we didn't have to pull any money out of savings to go. And that's when Leah reminded me. She said, you know, it's very important that when we pray that we have to be willing to be led by the Lord and that we have to take away our earthly feelings and that what the soul wants. And that we just have to be learned to be led by the Spirit. And again, from Mark 11:24, it says, therefore I tell you that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've already received it and it will be given to you. And it was just amazing to see God unfold his plan before our very eyes. And within the next two weeks, God provided not just what we needed for the trip, but he would give us more than enough. And so from this lesson, I learned that I had to be willing to let God be in charge. For you type A personalities out there, I know that's really difficult, but you have to learn to let God be in charge, and you have to learn to be willing, and to let him show you the way, and you have to be willing to depend upon him and to give him Praise for all things through all things. And in John 15:7, we're reminded that if you remain in me and my word remains in you, that is, if we are vitally united, my message lives in your heart, and ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now, that is not only amazing, but that is awesome. So number four on our steps of faith is learning to be obedient. We have to learn to be obedient. Boy, there's a tough one. And you know, I looked this up in the dictionary and found this. Obedience is an adjective, and it means obeying or willing to obey and complying with or submission to authority and obedience and to become an obedient son it's like the guy or the woman that joins the army and then they suddenly find out that the drill sergeant is in charge of everything and they have to be obedient to that drill sergeant. Well you know it's really nice the fact that God tells us this and that we have to comply or be submissive to authority. So then what else do we have to have? Well my definition is pretty simple. Obedience means to mind or to do as you are told. <laughs> mind or to do as you are told. That's pretty simple. It's just kind of like what an adult would say, wouldn't it? So, the Hebrew word for that obedience is a really interesting word. It is the word shama. And it means to hear, it means to listen to, it means to obey or to hear or to perceive by ear. It means to have power to hear and to hear with attention or interest and to listen and to understand. And you know, it was once shared with us that it all, that means that we have to give heed to something to consent or to agree and to be regarded and obey and to be obedient. It also means to make a proclamation and a summon. And in Exodus 24-7 is a really great passage on that. It says, and then he took the book of the covenant and read it out loud to the people. And they said, everything that the Lord has said we will do and we will be obedient. So, you know, I kind of looked at my wife and I said, so what do you think that word obedient means to you? And she said, being obedient is doing what I'm told. It also means to remember that we are to be servants. It also means that we're to be aware when there is something that we need to do. So I want to read you another scripture that goes along with this, and this is from Deuteronomy 10:12. And now Israel... What does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Isn't that great? So here's another question that I had asked my wonderful bride at that time. I said, can you share a time in your life when you had to be obedient? She kind of smiled and she said, yeah, when I was about 10 years old, I was invited to go with a friend to her father out for the afternoon to visit some friends of theirs. Well, the people had a some land in Houston, and I was told that there were horses on the property and that we might be able to ride some horses. I told her, I said, well, I just knew there had to be a horse story in here somewhere. And she said, well, of course there is. And she said, so when I told my mother, she told me in no uncertain terms that I was not to even think of riding a horse. Well, being a young girl and very horse crazy, I was devastated. I told her, I said, man, that must have hurt. She said it did, but I was obedient even though it hurt. I said, so what happened next? She said, well, we spent a couple of hours out in the field. My friend was riding a pony to her heart's content, and I just stood and watched, and I cried. Her father felt so sorry for me, but I was proud that I obeyed my mom, even though it would have been very easy for me to disobey. When I got back home, I cried and I cried. Oh my gosh, I said, that's very sad. I never knew that this story. Then what happened? She said when my mom came in to check on me and I told her that the horse was actually a pony and very tame, I also told her that I did it she would ask me to do even though that my friend tried to convince me that I could do it. And nobody needed to know. I said wow, so what do you think that your mom said when you told her that? She said I believe that she then realized that I had obeyed her despite the trial of watching my friend ride. And standing firm against her father when he wanted me to go ahead and do it anyway. So that's a great story about obedience. So is there another time that we can talk about being obedient? She said, you know, obedience. Jesus came to earth to be the example of one who lived the perfect life. He came here to be a living example of what God the Father demanded that we be, even though we are completely unable to copy his example. Isn't that powerful, that we were to copy his example? Now, that is really something to encourage all of us in our walk, and that is to be Christ-like. And here's this. He is held up to all of us as the perfect standard by which we must strive to attain, even though we know that we will never be sinless as Jesus was. However, because Jesus was sacrificed on the cross, we can know that our Father in heaven will allow us as sinners to enter into heaven when we die. Because when God the Father looks at us, he sees Jesus, the only perfect person who ever lived on the earth. And what a wonderful sacrifice, and what a wonderful savior. And we're reminded of this obedience from Hebrews 11:6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So what is so important about being obedient? Is it to ourselves or who is it to? It's to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to submit to God with a true and open heart. And when we do, we can then learn to obey his commands and fulfill the vision or the calling that he has placed on our lives. And you know, he gave us another promise from 1 John 5.3. He said, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Isn't that something? So we just have a few more to talk about and number five in our basic steps is that we have to learn to be trusting. Webster's talks about being trusting. It says that it's a belief that someone or something is reliable that it's good, it's honest, and it's effective. It's also an arrangement in which someone's property or money is legally held or managed by someone else or by an organization such as a bank, usually for a set period of time. And it can be an organization that results from the creation of a trust. So if I trust someone to do something and they have said that they would, I am showing confidence that what they said they would do, they will do. Now, we all usually want to do the right thing in life, but sometimes we sin, and we don't do the right thing. And when that happens, there can be a breach of trust. And so what do you think this breach of trust might look like? Well, if someone told me that they would do something and then they don't follow through, they have broken my trust with them and then it would be hard for me to possibly trust them again. And then another trust is for us to trust in Jesus. Why? Because he's never failed us. He has never, no, never And he's never not answered a prayer of ours. And many times the answer might not be what we want to hear or see. But it is answered at any rate. So we have to learn to trust. And sometimes the words are different about trust and trusting. But in this case they are the same. So in Hebrew, that word for trusting is vatek. It kind of has a guttural sound to it, vach, And it means trust, or to trust in, or or to have confidence in, or to be confident, or to be bold, or to be secure, or to cause to trust, or to make secure. And it also means to feel safe. And in Psalms 112, 5 through 7, it reads that, Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely who conduct their affairs with justice surely the righteous will never be shaken they will be remembered forever and they will have no fear or bad news their hearts are steadfast because they are trusting in the Lord
1: and we need to remember
0: that we have to learn to be trusting in the Lord And on the Lord the Apostle Paul shared his most inner thoughts within the book of Philippians in chapter 1 verse 14 and he says and that most of the brethren trusting in the Lord because of my imprisonment have far more courage to speak the Word of God without fear now I don't know about you but that rocks to be able to speak the Word of God without fear and now that word trusting in the, in the Greek is the word pytho. And it means to persuade or to induce one by words or to believe. It also means to make friends of or to win one's favor and to gain one's goodwill. And it means to strive to please. And to believe, to listen, to obey, to yield and to comply with, and to have confidence and one last item that I want to talk about trust is that if you want real meaning in your life and you want to have pure joy then here is a free gift from our Lord Jesus Christ it's easy and it's simple and this is from Matthew 18 3 and it reads I assure you and most solemnly say to you unless you repent that is, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, live changed lives. And become like children, trusting, humble, and forgiving. You will never enter the kingdom of God. And from Matthew eleven, six it says, And blessed and joyful and favored by God is he who does not take offense at me, accepting me as the Messiah and trusting confidently in my message of salvation. I just love that passage. Accepting me as the Messiah. So again what does it mean to be trusting? Well for me that word trust means that I can have complete confidence in whomever or whatever that I'm relying on at that very moment. And that I have complete trust whenever I walk down the steps from our back door and I trust that they will not break and I will walk down and I will walk back up. And again, another hard time about trusting, we have to remember that sometimes trusting parents and our relatives can be very, very hard. And so we have to remember about that trust that it's very, very important. So here's something from Dr. Miles Monroe. He said, trust is a product of test over time. Trust is a product of test over time. And you know that goes really well for our ministry that we're in with Hazak. And this is from James one, two through five. And this became our passage of hope uh, when our daughter died. James 1, 2 through 5 is just one of those favorite passages that we ever really, really liked. Consider it pure joy, my brethren and sisters, that whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that You may be mature and complete and not lacking in anything. And if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives it generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. You know, isn't it interesting how the verse on trusting ties in so beautiful with having joy, especially as we go through trials? Why? Because we really are trusting God. Trusting God to take care of us as we go through the storms in life. We had a pastor one time told us, he told the story about Ziklag and David coming back with his troops and finding the town of Ziklag burned and everybody gone and they, his men wanted to attack him. It was his fault and he went to God and cried out and asked for help. And France Brown said this that I'll never forget. He said, in life, he said, you're either in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're fixing to go into a storm. So just be prepared that God will be there when you go through those storms. And number six on our list of basic steps in faith is we have to learn to be available. We have to really, really learn to be available. You know, This kind of sounds like it might be something really hard to do, but it's not if you're just open. And I think we all tend to say that yes, I'd be available, but it just might be hard for some to actually do this. And how so, might you ask? A great deal of time we may find that we are distracted from being open to be available. It might be because of our schedules or something else that occurs, our time, our kids, our business, our avocations, our vacations. And if you allow yourself to be totally distracted, you just might miss the divine encounter that God has placed before you. And sometimes those encounters can be answers to your very own prayers. And here's one. They can actually be life-changing. So in Webster's, being available, it means easy or possible to get or to use, to present or to be ready for use, to present and be able and willing to talk to someone. And here are some synonyms that I found in this word. Acquirable, attainable, obtainable, procurable, at the ready, on the hand, on file, and this last one to be on tap. You know, I don't know about you, but I really like that one that said at the ready. And here's something really interesting. There is actually no Hebrew word and there is no Greek word for the word available. The only word that comes close is the word obtainable or obtain comes close. And that word obtain in Hebrew is the word Nasaab. It means to reach, to overtake, to attain, to cause, to reach, to be able to secure, and to reach, and to have enough. You know, in Isaiah 51.11, it gives a really great response to what we should do to obtain this in life. So the redeemed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion everlasting joy will be on their heels. They will obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Now I don't know about you, but that was really, really cool. So then I ask you, what does it really mean to be available for you? Maybe you've got a couple of things to come up with. If you do, write them down. To me, being available means to be willing to stop what I'm doing and to concentrate on what the other person needs. At that moment, I need to believe that there is nothing more important than what they need at that time. I've learned since we've been in ministry that when we moved to Columbus, the Lord gave me a new path to take. I said, well, first he said, stay the course. And I said, okay, I've stayed the course, now what? And then he said, bloom where you're planted. That means that I've got to stop and that I'm ready to listen to other people and I've got to be willing, ready to help them and to pray for them in any way that I can. This gives them the knowledge that they matter to me and whatever they need is important. And in a way, it actually validates who they are. And you know I am blessed when I'm able to help them out in some way, even if it's just providing a listening ear for their challenges, and especially if it's a chance to pray a blessing over them. You know, so it's really interesting that we learn that we have to be available for all of that. And you know, in this new life on one's nationality or race or education or social position, it's really unimportant. Such things mean actually nothing. Whether a person has Christ is what really matters. And he or she is equally available to all of us. So in Ephesians four eleven through 12 it says, some of us have been given special ability as apostles. To others he has given the gift of being able to preach well. Some have special abilities in winning people to Christ, helping them to trust in him as their savior. Still others have a gift for caring for God's people as does in his sheep leading and teaching them in the ways of God. Why is it so that he gives us these special abilities to do certain things best? It is that God's people, that's all of us, will be equipped to do better work for him, building up the church, the body of Christ, and to a position of strength and maturity to to bloom where you're planted. And I wanna close out with this. It is equally important for us to be open, willing, and obedient to be used by him. Just like a professional soldier, we need to be prepared and armored up, ready to go into action and available at a moment's notice. And then Luke gave us this answer in chapter 10, verse two. He said, he was saying to them, the harvest is abundant for there are many who need to hear the good news about salvation, but the workers, those available to proclaim the message of salvation, are few. Therefore, prayerfully, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. It will be an exciting way that will help you in understanding the basic steps that you will need in your walk of faith. All glory goes to God. So just as a reminder, we've written three books, uh, From Misery to Ministry, A Walk of Faith, Steps of Faith, and Walking Through Grief, A Journey of Peace. All of these books are available to you. Uh, All you have to do is to email us, and we will bless you with a copy of one of the books that you would like to have. No charge. You don't have to pay for shipping. You don't have to pay for the book. We just want to be able to bless you with that. That's part of our uh, book ministry that we now have. And so, I just wanna remind you that as we talk about trust, we have to learn to put our trust in Jesus because he's never failed us. He's never, never not answered any prayers of ours and many times the answer might not be what we want to hear or see, but it is the answer that he wants us to have. So until next month, we pray that you will be blessed and that the Lord will bring you a double portion of favor. That we pray that the Lord will bless you and your family and protect you and to bless you in your physical health, your mental health, and your spiritual health. And any needs that you might have, we pray that the Lord will bring all of these needs to you and provide not only what you need, but to bring you more than enough, more than enough, more than enough, according to his riches. And so, Father, we just thank you for our listeners. We pray that you would be with them. Uh, and if anyone would like to call me and talk to me, anytime you can reach me at 979-500-4256. That number again is 979 500 Uh, Or you can always get me on my mobile phone at 832-878-8043. If you don't know Jesus, it's time for you to sit down and ask Jesus into your heart. And it's really easy. All you have to do is just say, Jesus, I've sinned and I repent of the sins that I've done. And Father, I ask you to come into my heart now to fill me with your spirit, to fill me with your love. And Father, I accept you as the Lord and Savior of my life. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. So until next month, God bless you. Be strong and be hazak. I'm Brian Fouts. Good night.